This week, we visit the China cabinet yet again. We talk about Governor DeSantis's recent strong conservative moves and his potential presidential run. And we discuss the four Tennessee state constitution amendments that will be on the ballot this fall. Plus, there's a fairly major announcement at the end about the podcast. I'm John Fender, along with Gary Humble and Kevin Kukaji. This is the Freedom Matters Podcast. Let's, let's go straight to the China cabinet. Okay. Because this won't take long, but I think it's important. Our listeners will know that, oh, for the past month or so, as we've been into the China cabinet, I've been going through a report. We're not anywhere near finished it, but a report put out by the Heritage Foundation this past summer talking about what the state governments in particular and local governments can do to stop CCP influence um, at levels that the federal government isn't can't do and isn't even authorized to do. So what do you know? September 23rd, Epic Times puts out a piece called, uh, under the title, DeSantis announces actions to confront CCP influence in Florida. Hmm. So let me read this. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on September 22nd signed a new executive order and unveiled a package of legislative proposals to combat malign foreign influence, especially from communist China. The number one source of that influence, not just in the U.S., but really around the world, is the Chinese Communist Party, DeSantis said. Standing behind a podium with a Stop CCP Influence sign, DeSantis said he signed an executive order to address the cybersecurity risk posed by foreign companies, especially those with ties to the CCP. DeSantis went on to say, The last thing we want to see is the Chinese Communist Party getting their mitts onto people's personal information. The new executive order prohibits Florida's government agencies from procuring or using technology products and services from companies connected to foreign countries of concern. All right. So remember, this is just a first step in the right direction. Because this only, obviously only applies to Florida. And it only applies to government agencies. Remember, the, the Heritage Report talks about while that's a start, you still want to extend this eventually to businesses. But I think that's a really a, a really good talking point because it shows that at least one governor um, is leading the way. Obviously, it's DeSantis who seems to lead the way on all American um, actions. But I want, I want to talk about the rest of it, then we'll, we'll talk about that more broadly. In addition to the cybersecurity concerns, the governor of the Sunshine State warned about U.S. land being purchased by groups and companies with ties to the CCP. Again... Good. Something we talked about. Chip Roy started that off in Texas a while back. Yep. It's good. So DeSantis again says, why are they doing that? Of course, they want to get intelligence. They want to know what's going on here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Noting that Florida is home to 21 military bases. Did you know that? I did wow. not know that. I didn't realize it was that high. 21. 21 military bases from each and every branch of the armed forces. And I was born on one of those. See? I didn't know there was 21 of them. But not one in Florida. You were born in Hawaii, right? No, I was born in Florida. Oh. I'm curious compared to what? Like, So there's 21 in Florida, which sounds like a lot. Like, How many are there in Georgia, in Alabama? Oh, how that measures up to other yeah. states? Yeah. Well, curious. this article doesn't say that, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> Stop asking the hard questions. We're, this is like the, uh, like the how many chickens do we eat a day conversation. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I had answers, by the way, for all those. <clears throat> you did. We'll research. Kevin, come on, we'll, man. we'll research that and come back to it. 
But DeSantis announced a, a new proposed legislative action that would curb the purchase of agricultural land and lands near military bases by foreign countries of concern. And then the last one is scrutinizing college donations, another thing we talked about in the Heritage Report. A 2021 bill requires universities in Florida to disclose gifts and donations at the value of $50,000 or more from countries of concern, which include China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, Syria, and Venezuela. But even sub-50,000 donations, below $50,000, from individuals and groups pushing the agenda of hostile foreign powers on college campuses can undercut academic integrity. So they want to get to the source of that funding. All this to say, the reason I wanted to lead with this is it's not just a report that we're reading and, oh, this is theory. DeSantis is actually taking it on. Mm, Putting it in practice. Yeah, putting it in practice, which is, it's good. I mean, it's it's not all the way. It's just the tip of the iceberg. But I always want to give credit where credit is due to someone who is confronting the CCP in the states, these subnational levels. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Abbott do something about uh, land being purchased in Texas? He did. Um, Or try to anyway? There is. There's a little bit of legislation that – and I don't have the report in front of me. Um, I do. Well, Abbott in terms of inside the state, but um, representative from Texas, Chip Roy, also submitted a bill, which of course went nowhere in the Nancy Pelosi house, but submitted a bill like that in Congress – that would have prevented uh, the CCP from purchasing land nationwide. Okay, so, so Texas has been paying attention to this. So answer me this. I, I got. Okay. I do have an answer. Okay, See, all right, I may great. have failed well, with regard to knowing how many military bases are in every other state, <laughs> but I have this answer. In yes, John, you are correct. In July of 2021, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed the Lone Star Infrastructure Protection Act a bill designed to prevent businesses with ties to hostile nations from accessing the state's energy grid and other critical infrastructure. Mm. Um, And that was because this guy called Xinjiang attempted to build a wind farm on land that he purchased near a U.S. Air Force base in Texas. Okay. So that's... Man, I wish we just... I I, I just wish we had one thing like that to talk about here in Tennessee. (laughs) Wouldn't it be amazing? Just one. Can you imagine Tennessee governor actually... Trying to stop influence of the Chinese but, but maybe Party. But maybe our AG is going to start. Yeah, we do have good hope in him, don't we? Yeah. Mm. He's, he's two for two. Two for two so far. Yeah. Can we take it back up to the federal level for a yep. second? Yep. You just mentioned, what was his name? Chip Roy? Yeah. That that would never pass in a Nancy Pelosi. No. How does she, uh, not validate, how does she... Justify? Justify that. They don't have to. Did y'all not see... The we all know why she doesn't, but how does she justify that to the like? We all know the Chinese government is a threat. Like that, that do we in, not know? Like, yes. So that in particular, I don't know how she responded to that one in particular. But in the past, when efforts have been made by Republicans to stop the CCP's influence, racism is always used. Oh, they okay. always they play they, the race because card. they okay. don't make it. They blur the distinction between Chinese people. And the Chinese Communist yeah. Party, their government. Yeah, okay. They just don't even need to make excuses anymore. Did you not see the the thing this week with Kamala Harris and her speech at the podium calling North Korea an ally? Did you see I, that? that 
That's on the same, yeah. North Korea is an ally. Well, that's the same level as our president (laughs) calling up dead people to stand up and raise their hands. I saw that. It's like, well, she died in a car accident a few months ago, and he's like, where where is she? He's dedicated multiple things to her over the past, like, two months, and then he still asks her to stand up. And where is she? Didn't, Didn't Biden do that same thing when he was vice president? By asking some guy in a wheelchair to stand up. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. So this was even when he had maybe part of his facilities. He still was doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that one you could actually like over pseudo overlook because he just, <laughs> he's looking at the person. I know, in the wheelchair. but he like stand up. He was just oh, in the heat. Of, he was in the heat of the moment. But like this lady actually died two months ago. Yeah. Well, Kevin, that on, on back to your point though. That that's exciting news that. DeSantis is is taking action. We need to see more of that, and um, hopefully, other conservative, quote unquote, conservative governors will follow suit. And interestingly, um, you know, on the DeSantis, I was having coffee with a friend this morning. I have found myself in this conversation over and over and over again. You know, who's going to run in twenty twenty four? Is Trump going to run for president? Is mm-hmm. DeSantis going to run for president? And then the big the big question that is is always asked. Would Trump and DeSantis actually primary each other for the presidency? And no. So that has absolutely been where I have been for a while. But my my friend this morning actually was adamant, and and based on what you know, like things that he's continued to do, people are starting to be convinced that DeSantis is going to run no matter what. That he would, DeSantis himself would actually primary president trump because i mean his record is just the the right. he can point to so many things now he now has done. a record yes yeah somebody did a piece on that about a week ago i i'll have to pull it up later pointing out to that same thing it's no longer just theory of what would a ron DeSantis do as president he has shown in his state what he's done not only at the state level but on national issues because ever since 2020 the national issues have been that much bigger and relevant in states because only the states um, that are fighting back, or Florida is one of the states that's fighting back on federal issues. So, yes, he has a record now. And people are like, man, DeSantis is right again. Man, DeSantis is tackling that issue. So I immediately said no to that question. Yeah. But then I immediately started thinking about it as soon as you started talking. And it's almost like DeSantis, when I watch DeSantis talk, he he sometimes has the same mannerisms as Trump. Like, he uses his hands the very same similar. way. Yeah, very similar. I agree. It's almost like DeSantis, because I say this to my kids all the time. We talk about, <laughs> I talk about politics with my eight-year-olds, my seven-year-olds. I tell them all the time, because they ask me, do we like Trump? Well, we don't necessarily completely like Trump as a person because he's not always been a great guy, but his policies have been great. Mm-hmm. Love so, love living under a Trump presidency. Correct. But he's not always been a great guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, as far as we know with DeSantis now at this point, I think you have the policies and the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So to your point, you might actually get people who would vote for Trump if it was just Trump running would actually vote for DeSantis if they were voting against each other. I would. Well, because you're getting... You're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting the fight. You're getting the policies. You're getting America first. And you're getting a family man. Yeah. You're getting a, a nice, likable guy who served his country, the whole thing. I mean, I, right. I think he's... So I, I, you know, I was I was where you were for a long... I, I 
I've told so many people, there's no way that you'll see Trump and DeSantis both in a primary. But I'm I'm starting to think now that like, you know, DeSantis is just he's kind of unbeatable. Because the point. polls are showing they're pretty close, if not DeSantis pulls ahead every now and then. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. So it'd be interesting hmm. anyway. Yeah, and maybe what DeSantis is doing, he's clearly preparing. Maybe what he's doing is trying to put so much pressure on Trump so that Trump doesn't even take on that fight. I would agree with that. Hmm. And if he shows himself to be gaining in the polls, why would Trump take that risk? Well, and if Trump keeps freaking endorsing people like Kevin McCarthy, I mean, come on, man. Like, just stop it. Yep. Hmm. Anyway. And, and remember, Trump's biggest weakness in the last couple of years is that he pushed the vax. Yep. Right? That well, Operation Warp Speed. Warp Speed was his, and so he wait, put his name I'm on I'm going to make the fastest vaccine yeah. ever. And he bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. Right, because that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just speed up the process of putting something in our body that we don't know what it is. Go back to what you just said about Kevin McCarthy. For those that are oblivious to the situation, well, you know, why is that a bad idea? Well, because he's, uh, you know, on, on the House side, he's sort of the counterpart of uh, Mitch McConnell. I mean, he's yep. just, he's an absolute establishment schmuck. I mean, this is not a principled conservative leader, but he's but he's clearly, you know, I mean, for all intensive purposes politically, if if the if Republicans succeed in the midterm elections here in November, McCarthy's gonna be the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Um and so just, you know, a few months ago, of course, you know, members of the House are up for re-election every two years and uh Save America PAC, you know, Trump endorsed Kevin McCarthy. There were a lot of people incredibly surprised by that because uh, McCarthy is not, you know, when you think about the the conservative Trump base, those people are not <laughs> really not fans of McCarthy, you know? And so to see Trump... Is there something you can point back to that causes that? Like why Trump supporters would not be fans of McCarthy's? I don't know there, a lot there about are McCarthy. So, there so. are so many. It would be saying, why aren't Trump supporters supportive why wouldn't they be supportive of a jack johnson or why wouldn't they be supportive of a uh, mitch mcconnell mitch mcconnell right they're all establishment republicans they lead with um platitudes they don't have any deep connection to the the people whose votes they use to put them in power um and they so they service these platitudes during an election cycle but kevin mccarthy has already come out i know this from internal discussions in dc He's already come out and said, look, if the Republicans do take it back, we're not going to do anything too aggressive, mm. right? That's He's signaling that don't expect us to do anything for liberty, don't do anything, and with the same mindset. Because, remember Mitch McConnell, well, we don't control all the branches of government. We can't do it until we control all the branches of government. That kind of nonsense. Mm. So I'll tell you, for me personally, if we do, which I'm, I'm assuming we will, if we end up here in 2022 with a— Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, considering President Trump's endorsement, of, that right there is enough reason for me alone to be a DeSantis mm-hmm. fan in 24, because we're going to need that push from the executive branch on this establishment Congress, yeah. without question. You're going to need so, that fight. Mike, I guess my question is, who should he have endorsed? Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Oh, okay. Yep. Jim Jordan would hands down be my first pick for a speaker. Do you think DeSantis would have? Jim Jordan is a DeSantis kind of guy. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That'd be my guess. 
Well, I, I'd like to sort of shift to uh, a few Tennessee things. So what some folks may or may not know, probably a lot of our listeners don't know, a lot of people don't, don't realize on November 8th during the general election, you will be voting at the ballot box on four, count them, four uh, proposed amendments to our Tennessee state constitution. That that's, is That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a big deal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame uh, you're not you don't hear a lot of talk about those amendments. Um, well, hang on before you go any further, explain the process, because it's a it's a long process to get something even on the voting ballot. You know, interestingly, yes, it's not. I've been looking at that. <laughs> Wait, I have this, the voting ballot. Is there is there any non voting ballot? Um, <laughs> that was just redundant. It sounded funny. The voting ballot. Did Kevin, Kevin just did? He, he just, just, he just you burned out. me, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> just, burned you. Like. struck me as funny. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Love it. I'm sure there's a different ballot out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> there might be. I, I agree with you, John. There's probably a different ballot. The ballot. Yes. To get even a constitutional amendment, a state constitutional amendment on the ballot, there is a pretty serious process. I mean, I didn't realize it was there in place until you actually explained it to me yep. over the course of the last two years. So maybe that should be set up a little bit. Yeah, so each one of our general assemblies runs uh, every two years. So the, the span of two years can, is one legislature. We're, so when we get seated in January, we're coming into our 113th general assembly, which will span 2023 to 2024. And the way a constitutional amendment works is a resolution is put before the General Assembly, and it, it's got to pass by a simple majority vote through one General Assembly. Then it has to pass the subsequent two-year General Assembly by a supermajority, two-thirds majority vote. If it passes those two tests— So you're, at, you're already at two majority votes— over a span of two years. Four years. Four years. That's Sorry. right. Yeah. And then if it passes those two tests, it then goes on the very next, even if it's that year, it goes on the very next general election ballot where there is a gubernatorial election. And so for this year, there are four amendments, which means that these amendments have passed the 111th and the 112th General Assembly, and they are now on the ballot here in 2022 because we are also electing the, our governor. The point I'm trying to drive home is it's a big deal. It's a big deal. That's right. Yeah, there's some there's some debate that hopefully should have happened before these amendments make it. But uh, I got to tell you, I'm disappointed <laughs> in, in a couple of these amendments, and I'm disappointed in one in particular, and it's probably why our we, we may not even get to any of the other ones today, but the First Amendment. So what everyone needs to know, when you go to your um, your voting ballot uh, <laughs> on November 8th. I, wait, wait. I, I, just, I resemble that statement. Yeah, <laughs> T.C. Mitts would probably use a voting ballot. A voting ballot. ballot. The rest of us would use a ballot. Enough right. said. It, it makes sense. Enough said. It really makes sense. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you guys don't have to humor uh, me. I, it's <laughs> fine. Just move on. <laughs> okay. So... When you show up to the ballot box, you're going to see they're going to be numbered. It'll be constitutional amendment number one, number two. All right, and that's just the way they work. So number one is going to be— And they won't change these. They won't change them. They'll okay. all be in, in order. Okay. Constitutional amendment number one is the right to work amendment. Now, for those of you in Tennessee who are on Facebook or other social media— uh, you have most likely gotten an ad that has shown up on your feed from the Yes on One committee. 
and it's telling you vote yes on one, vote yes on the right to work amendment. And there's a couple of key things I just want to point out that I'm concerned about. And and, I, and one, I'll start with this one that I'm a little frustrated about. And it's the marketing ploy that's being used. The message, and I actually on our website, if you go to TennesseeStands.org, the very first thing you'll see on our website right now is a commentary on the the Yes on One Committee. And, and we screen, I screenshot one of the Facebook ads that's being run. And what this ad says is, don't let the D.C. swamp steal your right to work. So their argument that they're making to people is, we need to pass this constitutional amendment because if we don't, Joe Biden's going to try to um, – and this is all about labor unions, by the way. Some people get confused on what right to work means. We're not talking about employment at will or any of those. We are talking specifically about labor unions. So the right to work amendment essentially is um, saying that you cannot be – which is a good thing. Let me say that up front. Employees in the state of Tennessee – cannot be discriminated against based on whether or not they are part of a labor union. So employers in the state of Tennessee cannot force their employees or require their employees, number one, to be part of a union to begin with. Number two, they cannot force you to pay union dues. Sometimes you go to other states, depending upon what industry you're in, you get a job. Your employer, number one, can require you to be part of a union. Number two, can force you to pay union dues out of your paycheck. Okay, that's a thing. Yep. In Tennessee, this has been illegal. And what Yes on One is saying is we've got to put this in our Constitution because you need to fear that Joe Biden and a, a liberal Congress is going to try to make some sort of federal law that's going to take away our, our, our um, protections on right to work here in Tennessee. I want everyone to know up front that is such a – disingenuous argument. So what is really going on? That's what I'm asking myself is since you are putting this slick marketing campaign, trying to get people to vote on an amendment on a basis that's false. Who's put, who's putting the slick marketing? Campaign well, together? so the treasurer for the yes on one committee is former governor Bill Haslam. Mm. Uh, he's the treasurer <laughs> and, and I'll just be upfront who is, uh, not known for being the most uh, staunch conservative <laughs> Republican in our state and uh, who is also known to have deep pockets and mm. fund quite a bit of the uh, establishment things that we have going on in our state. This is all about business. This is all about our – look, I ran against Jack Johnson, and the the whole mantra of – the Republican establishment is pro-business, pro-business. You know, we got to protect businesses. I want to state up front, I believe in right to work. I appreciate the protections of right to work. I do believe that we should protect employees from discrimination. I think it's wholly ridiculous that an employer could force you to be part of a union and force you to pay union dues. So I agree with the premise, okay, what I want to put forward is this. I want every voter that's listening to this podcast to understand right to work has been state law since 1947. Hmm. Okay. So right to work has been law in the state of Tennessee for 75 years. Meaning for 75 years, you cannot be hired or fired because of your 
relationship with a union. That is correct. Okay. So that has existed for 75 years. So what has changed to make someone afraid that this law is not going to be upheld and that we need to make it a part of the Constitution? Which is uh, astonishing, actually, when you think about what unions used to be and what what a union meant 75 years ago. But it's kind of that's kind of incredible that we actually have had a law in place that long. Yes. For something something dealing with unions. Well, they were corrupted a long time ago. I they mean, were. The the premise of a union seems good and for the people, gives the people the ability But I don't think the American organize. I don't think the American public understood the level of corruption within unions. Yeah. Well, 75 years ago. Like like we do now. For sure. That makes sense. I would agree yeah. with that. That's what I'm saying. Like, <clears throat> I agree. It, it to me, it is surprising that that law that, is that even old. that long that ago. Old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you, we know unions today are, you know, uh, progressive, you know, money machines. Mm-hmm. I mean, they money laundering machines. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Their whole purpose in life at this point is to push a globalist leftist agenda. So. I appreciate the fact that Tennessee has been a right-to-work state for 75 years. Clearly, that has been great for our economy. It is part of the economic success story of Tennessee. So let me put that out there. That's, that's what I, I believe that. I'm with, I'm with everyone on that, on, on the Republican side of the aisle. However, you're telling people that this needs to be in our Constitution because the federal we got, we got to be afraid the federal government is going to pass the PRO Act. So right now— there's an act in Congress called the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. It was submitted in 2021, and it's already passed the House. Okay, so it's been forwarded to the Senate. And if that passes, it is going to remove the ability of a state to um, have a right-to-work law. It is going to mandate— Oh, this is on the federal level. Federal level. Okay. It's going to mandate federally— that employers can indeed require their employees to be part of a union and pay union dues. So that, that's the fear. What's disingenuous about the argument, here's a little education point. It doesn't matter if it's in our constitution or our state statute. So I need every voter to hear me. If Congress passes the PRO Act, which, number one, I hope they don't. And number two, if Republicans prevail in the midterms, which I think they will, this will die in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Okay, But if Congress passes the PRO Act, any act of Congress per Article 6, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution is the supreme law of the land. It does not matter if our right to work is in state statute. Or is in our Constitution. It will be wholly invalid if Congress passes this law. And let me add something really important for our listeners to understand. Even if you believe that this constitutional amendment would further protect you, you need to understand that who is in office matters. Case in point, Tennessee Constitution Gary, doesn't it say that marriage is between man and woman? Mm-hmm. It does. Okay. Obergefell, 2015, mm-hmm. when the Supreme Court of the United States said, paraphrasing, right, gay marriage is legal, mm-hmm. right? What did Republican Governor Bill Haslam, who you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. right, supporting this yes on one, what did he do? 
Within 20 minutes of that, he went out on the on the front of Legislative Plaza and said, we're basically abandoning our Constitution and going along with, quote, the new law of the land. So to anyone who thinks that a constitutional amendment, no less a constitutional amendment being paid for, advocated by Bill Haslam, is going to protect you, just look at what Bill Haslam did when he already had constitutional protection for marriage between a man and woman in 2015. Man, that's such a great point. In that moment, he threw our Constitution in the trash, yeah. capitulated to the federal government, and had a new form affirming gay marriage in hand, ready to go the moment the Obergefell yep. decision came down. 100%. Okay, so hang on. Humor me for a, <laughs> humor me for a TC Mitz That was moment. good, Kevin. That was good. What you are saying, Gary, is that even if we put this in the Tennessee state constitution, it doesn't mean crap. That's right. Because of the federal level. Because an act of Congress per our United States Constitution is supreme over our state constitution. It would— See, there's a lot—I think there's a lot of people that don't understand that. If Congress passed that law, it would hold that part of our state constitution unconstitutional. So explain the difference in something like that that happens and something like the federal government says that same-sex marriage is legal, but then individual states say it's not. That's right. So the problem with what Kevin just mentioned, on one hand, if the PRO Act passes, you have a legitimate act of Congress, which Article 6, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution does define as the supreme law of the land. What Kevin's referring to is the 2015 Obergefell decision, which was not a legislative action of Congress. It was a judi- judicial decision. It was decision. a court decision. Court decisions okay, are me, not I got the that. supreme law of the got land. That. Which, even, it- which even further proves my point, because if Bill Haslam capitulated to what wasn't the supreme law of the land yeah, and right. gave up our Constitution, right. how much more quickly— is a Republican establishment governor going to capitulate and give away? to an act yeah. of Congress. Okay. All right. Got it. Look, my problem with this marketing campaign by Yes on One, it's not that, again, I want to be clear, it's not that I disagree with the premise that right to work is a good thing. What I'm frustrated with and I disagree with is that they are asking people to vote on this constitutional amendment on a completely false premise. You're using fear. You're talking about the D.C. swamp. You're invoking Biden and the 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 Democrat, the progressive agenda of the left nationally. And while all of that is appropriate for us to be concerned with, it doesn't have squat to do with amending our Constitution, mm-hmm. because if the PRO Act passes, none of this matters. That's what I'm frustrated with. Why? Why would you use fear in a completely false and disingenuous way to do something so important as amend our state constitution. I have a huge problem with that. So I have an advertising marketing suggestion. Gary has three or four more points as to why yes on one. Forget the other amendments. Why you've got some issues with yes on one. And I would love to tease our audience to come back and listen to your other reasons because I, f- I fear if we get into some of the other ones, we're going to end up taking – two hours on this podcast That's true. Mm, and that would be a yeah. great intro because I really love where this is going and I love because I've read Gary's arguments and we've discussed them and they are important and one in particular really um, ignites my fire as they say so I would I would say let's Come tease that on, out baby, <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry Fe- I mean your question is why would they use fear is that what your question is yeah it's, well, it's well, one of them well it's, why why lie about it just look 
Well, this is what Tennessee stands all about. Tell people the truth and then let people make their decision. If, if the Constitution needs to be amended, just tell them why. But these ads you're running is not why. No, but I, but I will give you the other side of the story as a marketer. Okay. They're lying about it to use fear because fear, we've seen this for it the works. past two Absolutely. years. It, works. it is a massive driver. I agree. That's 100%. it. Yeah, it works. So lie sex, about it to so be sex need, and fear. Sex we and need, fear, it need, works. So we need to remind people that if they're going to vote in the affirmative for this, they need to know that the reasons they're voting for it should not be – they shouldn't be motivated by this fear because as they're going to learn on these successive episodes, there are other reasons that concern Gary, and I support him in that, about this um, this amendment. There, there are other deeper issues that we're going to get to. Mm. Can you recap the other three in like, well, no, because short we do that, form? Then, or? Th- well, then people say, oh, I don't have to listen to the next episode. We well, want them to come well, you back. You could dig into the, it in the, detail. The, the but... other three amendments? Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's no. what I'm, the other I three meant, amendments. I meant there's two or three other points on this well, amendment. No, no, no. I'm just saying, can we like Pro- quickly do the other three amendments? Probably. No, not quick. I, I'll, okay. do, I'll do one. I'll go to Amendment 4. Uh, that one's an easy one. So Amendment 4 can't remember the section number, but there's a section in Article 1 that basically uh, says that ministers of the gospel cannot hold office in the General Assembly. I'm not sure why that was ever in our Constitution. That seems wholly ridiculous. Wait, wait. Ministers of the gospel? Yeah. Do they define the gospel? No. No. Just, well, Christian ministers. So if you're a pastor in a church— But you can be a Muslim well, per, priest— or what, whatever they call it, Muslim. For, for what it reads, you would be correct. That the and you the, can be a Buddhist monk. That's right, and and be in the General Assembly. But if but you're you a, cannot be a Christian, but if you're a minister of the gospel, you're screwed. Yeah, so that is very weird it specific is, yeah. language. It is but weird. it hasn't been enforced to date. So this it, it new amendment been, it has been held on unconstitutional, I believe, since 1978. So, um, and and in fact, I can think of three folks in the legislature right now that are reverends, you know, that are ministers of the gospel. So we've we've wholly ignored this part of our constitution. We we all we've known for a long time it's unconstitutional. And so really Amendment Four is is constitutional cleanup. It just needs to go away. So amendment but Amendment so Four I'm made a, it to the ballot. Made it to the voting ballot. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but Amendment Four says that's going to be not the case going forward. Well, it just won't exist. Yes, that's yeah. right. Oh, so, oh, we're voting. Okay, I got gotcha. you. We're, gotcha. we're, we're voting. To, I'm sorry. To I'm voting, voting yes on Amendment 4 is going to take Means that, that go away. out yes. of our Constitution. Okay. All right. yes. got so, it. Then, so now it will be legal for a Christian pastor to be a member of the legislature. Oh, okay. Right. Which makes, which should be. Why was that ever illegal to yeah, begin my with? Bad. So, I misunderstood. Yep. So I'm, I'm a, a strong yes on uh, Amendment number 4. Okay, got it. And uh, the other ones are a little bit more complicated, especially Amendment number 1. As we close up today, um, we've got, I don't know, for me, I'm just going to be honest, for me, some some sad news. Mm, can we play some sad music? So, yeah, sad music. What is sad cue the, music? What would sad music be? sad music. I don't, I don't know. know. What producer man do sad music? <laughs> okay. Could, could do Elton John's sad song, Say So Much. Of course, that song itself is not sad. No. We're, we're losing, we're losing John. Yeah, I didn't write out a speech or anything. I don't have any. Really? What's, we all, never, that, what's all that written there? We never it's, write out it's speeches. Just like someone etched in the table here. I think it's actually your son, Kevin, who's in this table from. Uh, oh, we got sad music. Yes. yes. 
<laughs> we don't have to do sad music. <laughs> I love it. I like That's it. That's awkward. Go, John. Uh, I I just I've been. Oh man, this is like the <laughs> they do like the adopt the animals That's commercials. So great. This is Sarah McLaughlin, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, sad puppies. Sad on the puppies. Yeah, beady eyes. I'm legitimately serious. Turn it off. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I just, I've been praying and deliberating for a long time. There's a lot of stuff going on personally, all good. Uh, just kids getting older, schedules getting crazy. A lot of things going on business-wise, professionally, that are all good, all great, just crazy busy. And um, all things are uh, revolving in seasons. And I believe this, my season on this one is has come to an end. Um, so I'm going to have to be the narrator then, or the introducer for I don't know we haven't really done that in the past it's just kind of been like we just dive in and just we, it just hits record and we're already, I said narrator yeah so I 100% 100% behind everything Tennessee Stand still does and stands for um, so if there were a voting ballot there, you, if there were you, a voting ballot you would I would vote, vote for what Tennessee vote Stands yes on doing. everything Tennessee Stands was behind 100% just personally and professionally there's a there's a spot here for me to uh, focus on some of that stuff instead. So. Yeah, we get it. Well, look, man, we're gonna we're gonna miss you. All good things come to an end. All things come to those who wait. Also, that's true. The, uh, that's yeah, true. The Heinz commercial. So I don't know if you guys yeah. are gonna do like um, casting calls for. Uh, I don't know, Kevin. Other we're gonna have to talk or? about this. I don't know what we're gonna do. You know, maybe we need to have more guests. Well, what we need to definitely let our audience know is, in as much as yes, it will be sad because there's a there's a nice dynamic going. Um, and I think our audience should know that it was John's suggestion that we get this podcast going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is a great medium to be in. But no, Gary and I are definitely going to continue, and yeah. it will evolve, and we'll figure out whether we replace John with a permanent John, right? And, and, or whether we just continue to have guests, and we, you know, we'll have times when there's two of us. We've had to do that when one of us has been out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we've lost uh, everything, but... It'll just be a change, yeah, and we'll we'll miss you. We we thank you for giving us what eight eight months. We started in February, and now we're to October. I lost count. I don't know. Uh, this is I'll go, go with that. Well, we're weekly. Whatever this adds, we're gonna. This is going to be our thirty ninth episode. So you know that off the top of your head. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, thirty nine. Well, because I like to listen to them back and and you do a but good you job follow of the numbers. Well, yeah, you number them. You know. Yeah. So yeah, this is we're on week thirty nine. Okay. So whatever, whatever that, that equals to months. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So since John said his piece, can we send it off with sad music? <laughs> <laughs> the Sarah McLaughlin music. Or, or on maybe the way commencement out. music. Oh, that's better. Oh, yeah, I like that. Graduation. Da, 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 yeah. da. Leave, it yeah. on a, leave it on a good note. John's leaving. We finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> you can switch your tassel to the other side of your cap. No, uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss you, man. But um, uh but still still wait, look, I know what you can use. He's at Look up sine nomine. That's another good graduation. It's one of my sine favorite. Nomine. I don't even know how you spell that. Well, it's Latin for without a name. Oh, it's Latin. So it's funny. That's why I don't know how to it's spell it. It's a song it. without a name, and it's a song. Oh. Well, look, all of this, it just just like every time we sit down at the table to have a discussion, we don't know what the hell we're going to talk about or really do. So Why it's don't just, we just uh, Yeah. So, look, we're excited about, still excited about the future and whatever, and so uh, it'll be fun. But, um, man, brother, we miss you. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. This is, it's not an easy decision to make. That's for sure. This is like the one piece of what I do with Tennessee Sands. It's like hard to let go of, but you have to be obedient to what I feel like I'm being called to. And um, yeah, 
Door's always open. You always come back. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Guest appearance. Who knows yeah. what John's going to do? We're going to be interviewing him for something at some Maybe. point. Maybe. Yeah, never yeah. know. Cine nomine. This sounds like this is like watching the Olympics. And like yes. you, somebody wins, but you've absolutely you never heard this national no. anthem before yeah. in your life. You're like, what is you this? You guys have never heard Cine like, Nomine? No. Okay, this is great for Kazakhstan, but I have no idea what <laughs> no, the no, national no, no, anthem no. sounds like. I played this when I was in junior high and high school. I played this every year for the people who were graduating before me. You and I to, was so proud when I got to graduate and march to this song. You have to realize that I never graduated college, and the only college graduation I've ever been to is my wife's. So like. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Oh, it's my favorite time of year, graduation time. Love it. What a great ending. Oh, man. All right. Well, cheers. cheers. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Matters podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. And remember, as revolutionary Thomas Paine once stated, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. (laughs) ¶¶